a blind guy walks into a bar and a table and a couch. Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast, a podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Build It, Colton of Cold Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. In this week's episode, we do a full court press with one month leading up to WorkbenchCon. Jess brings a fungus among us, Ross plays with his vegetables, and Colton busts open some coconuts with some Mennonites. All of that and more is coming right up on this episode of the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Now for episode 43, Last Action Hero. As we were speaking earlier, Last Action Hero is my one of my favorites, I think, that we've done so far. It's my favorite movie. It is a classic far. film. As you said, it's a film inside a film inside a film. Yes. And uh, it's kind of like the movie Inception, but, you know, yes. not weird dreams. Yeah, and it's like classic Schwarzenegger, and, like, there's, like, little drops of, like, Terminator in there, like, all kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's freaking awesome. Uh, so uh, just to give everybody a heads up, uh, Colton is on vacation in Belize and he is trying to dial in for this call, but, uh, he is having some serious Wi-Fi issues as to be expected. So, uh, Jess and I may be flying, you know, as a uh, shotgun side gunners yeah. and, yeah. um, yeah. So Jess, what is going on in your shop? We are now one month away from workbench con. I know. And it's weird to think that obviously this whole podcast and everything started a year ago, basically, yeah, uh, at WorkbenchCon. And so I'm sure those of you who are listening out there, either you have your ticket already or you have seen the gratuitous amount of posts about everybody who has got yes. their tickets and ready to go to WorkbenchCon. It is definitely higher up on the priority list for a lot of people this year. I am... Very excited to see what the turnout is. But what is going on in your shop since we right spoke now, last? Yeah. Uh, I um, We started working on the Habitat for Humanity table. Um, and originally, and it's something I've never done before, um, she showed me a picture of this table and she wanted an ellipse. I don't know if you've ever done an ellipse top. So it's not an oval, but it's like kind of like surfboard shape. Okay. You know, yeah. very mid-century is yeah. what she wanted. What um, what kind of lumber does she want out of it? Well, she wanted walnut, and I don't have that much walnut. Okay. Um, and I would have had to order it. It was going to be too expensive for us to absorb the cost of it. So I said, why don't we do it in maple, and I'll stain it, like the walnut color. And so, and that's harder anyway. So she was good with that. So I drew, I was like, you know what? It's six foot by 36. And I said, let me draw this on like some cardboard 36 inches, so three feet. Not why? Not 36 feet. No, no, yeah. Six feet long by 36 inch, th- six feet long by three feet wide. Okay, perfect. And and in an ellipse, that would be your your largest dimension. So I, I, I do you know how to draw an ellipse? Not it's well, actually, but yeah. It's quite interesting. So you actually do it with string. And just for our listeners, if I can kind of simply describe it. So you mark a center line down the long ways and mm-hmm. you mark a center line down, you know, the other way. Right, so you got a cross and you got a point where it's your center is. And then, so 36, half of 36 inches is 18 inches. And so you make a mark. Um, let me see, how, do you, how does this go? Yeah, you make a mark at, 
I can't remember how I did it now, but you have a mark that's slightly, it's 18 inches from the outside point to the center line where, where that, so that 18 inches doesn't quite make it back to the other end, right? It makes okay. it somewhere down in the middle. You put a nail there, do the same side on the other. You put one at your 18 center part, put a string around it, tie it, take out the first nail. And when you put your pencil in there and hold the string tight, it makes a perfect ellipse. You can YouTube it. It's really quite simple. Once you see it, you're like, oh, that's how they do it. So huh. um, I drew it and I'm like, this is really small. We've taken out 30% of the meat of this table. This is a really small table. And she's talking about having kids. On so, the table? I, maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know if it's maybe. a midlife, you know, a midwife kind of doula I, I situation. It, it could be. It you could never know. Be. But I'm, I'm sure the table that I make will be uh, strong enough to hold it. But okay. Anyway. I said, maybe seven foot would be better. And then she's like, oh, we don't have that room. And I drew it, showed him pictures. And I'm like, look, we're standing at this and it's too small. Like, there's no way you're going to fit a family of like four or six. Wait, is this supposed to be a dining table and not a coffee yeah. table? No, dining table. Because a, a six foot by three foot coffee table is like a perfect size. Yeah, no, it's dining a, It's table. a little long for a coffee table, but a dining table, that's far too small. Well, they have limited it's not a very big house see it's a habitat house so they're limited on their floor space it kind of sits close to the kitchen there's not like a dining room okay so that's we kind of based it off of her plans and how much square footage she had to work with so anyway she just decided to go with like a square table with like radius corners on it okay so as i said that's fine so i made that out of maple and um Maple is so stinking hard. Yes. It's so stinking hard. Although I will say I did exactly what you told me and I waxed all my stuff mm-hmm. and we polished it up. I had my little scotch brights. I had like three scotch brights, like coarse, medium and fine. And we oiled them all down and taped them off and scrubbed them down almost a whole day, cleaned it, wiped them down with mineral spirits then wiped them down with alcohol. Then I waxed them with the furniture paste wax um, I will say that furniture paste wax does not buff off easily no. if you leave it, but it leaves a nice slick surface. So man, what a difference that was. It's like awesome. night and day. So awesome. I joined, I, I had no problem joining them, but um, like sanding it, even with the new sanders was very hard. I did. I ran it through the drum sander today, but it's just so much heavier than yeah. everything else. It's just so dense because it was eight quarter. But anyway, so, so let me ask this. That. Obviously, you had you had taken the time to to polish up all your surfaces and clean your blades and everything. Did you notice was the burning on maple, which is typically very sensitive to burning if you're not moving fast enough? Was it less because you had taken the time to do those steps? Well, if anything, yeah. I mean, if you pause at all with maple, you burn immediately yes. on anything. Yep. It doesn't matter if it's a joiner or a planer or what it is. It burns. Yep. So yeah, um, yeah, much less burning as the table saw, I was able to push it easier so that I didn't get the saw burning marks on the side and, uh, it was much better. Everything was nice. much better. So anyway, we got that glued up the other day and then we, you know, scraped it and ran it through drum sander today and I cut it. So are you and doing then, it like butcher block style? Yeah. I mean, it was like five boards, five. That are all eight wide. quarter thick? Maple. 
Yeah. Well, it's not eight quarter anymore. It's like an inch and five eighths now. Okay. After I milled it and planed it and stuff. All right. That's still a pretty substantial table. It like that'll do her well. Thick t- it is very thick table. So a little too thick actually. Cause I ran my bevel cause I want to under bevel it. You know, that's very mid century yeah. and my bit wasn't big enough. Mm. So then we wound up drum sanding a little more off till it was on. Cause I only wanted about maybe like a half inch flat and then the rest of it beveled underneath. So, um, anyway, so it looks good. And then I don't know if you remember the Walnut bar top that we did, that was a problem. Yeah. And then we tried to like go over there and scuff it and paint a coat of like floor polyurethane and it just didn't turn out. It got dust and we sanded it again. So finally we just kind of left it and I said, see if the floor polyurethane holds up. Okay. And I said, after the holidays, so he did, and he said, it's doing fine. He's like, but it's still got like junk in it and stuff. And I said, okay. So we went and got it, ran it through the drum sander today and uh, sprayed it with our new new sprayer, the the Mm -hmm. Wagner. Yep. Be gorgeous. Just like heaven. What did you, what did you spray on it? Uh, I sprayed Minwax floor polyurethane water-based. How did it hold up? Obviously you said there was like junk in it before, but like, did it durability wise hold up? They had it for almost a month and there was not one scratch on it. That's awesome. So, I mean, it's about as good as I'm going to get without, yeah. we talked about the epoxy mm-hmm. and he just didn't want to pay extra for it. It was just too much money. Okay. So, uh, you know, his wife's just rubbing him because she wanted granite. And, and for me, I would never put a wood bar top in my kitchen unless I knew, I mean, I know it's going to look like it's going to get scuffs on it. I probably would just oiled butcher block before I would do a, a yeah, clear butcher block surface. makes perfect sense. Right. So anyway, she, she's like, it's pretty. She's like, we'll use it. I love it. She's like, our teenagers just nuts. And he like throws stuff on it. And also we'll have to make sure that we don't do that. So we fixed that today. And then, um, that's pretty much it. I'm I've had. So I do want to tell you about the shirts. I mentioned this to you before. So Shirtgate 2024. Now, for the listeners out there, uh, Jess has taken it upon himself to get some shirts created and merchandise created for the podcast. So Schwag yeah. will be available, but the saga continues. Yeah. the, the You there, Colton? I don't, we can't, yeah, can oh. you hear me? Yeah, yeah we, we can. can. Okay. All right, very good. All right, that's, yes, we are live. live. Yeah. So Welcome what back, I was Colton. what what I was telling Ross is that Shirtgate 2024. I've had problems with these shirts. So Ross, so everybody knows Ross has his RNC shirts, and he's given us some. And I love the shirt. I'm very hard to fit. I'm tall, and and you know shirts are always too thick. Oh my god, like the Gildan heavyweight shirts. I could just die. Mm-hmm. So they're just too hot for Florida. Anyway, he, I said, I want to buy those shirts. Tell me what you bought. And I want to get some for the beat around the bench. Plus I needed to get some for my work. Plus I needed to get some for getmecavitus.com. Plus I need to get some for just build it. Right. Yeah. Like all these shirts. I was like, let's just do it. So he told me what it was. And I found multiple companies carry these, this particular type of shirt. And I found one place that was willing to sell me the shirts by themselves because I found a guy here that would screen print them for cheap. Nice. Like a really good deal, you know, to screen print them. And um, 
just as nice as he can be. And I said, great. So I'm like, I'm going to order the shirts. I asked the guys. So we got black and I got some other colors, but mostly the beat around the bench ones are this black color. So I've got 19 of these black shirts. Mm -hmm. So they come in like three days from this company, imprint.com. Awesome. And they're fantastic. They are the shirt that he has just in different colors. I'm super excited. I put the green one on. Oh, look, this is great. Blue. You know, we got some for our different colors for the woodworks. I put the black one on and you can see my belly button. Ah, they're crop tops. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a second. So I get another one belly button and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm like, are they mistagged? So I'm look, looking through, no, because then I put a large on, and a large um, was even longer than that one, actually. It just was tight. And then I have some double extra large, and I put that on, and it's, like, huge on me. And I'm like, oh, no. So I messaged the company. And before before I messaged the company, then I also bought these military green ones for the beater on the bench mm -hmm. for me and Colton. Well, um. Me and him are both extra large. Well, guess what? They sent me five larges, not five extra larges. So straight that is two. a problem. So I'm like, I'm like losing my mind. I'm like, am I are these are these not really these shirts? And so I got like her dad, he wears a large over here. He's trying on shirts. No, these fit. So what we finally figured out is this there's just the black and the extra large was mismade. Then of course this company didn't make it, these no. shirts. They bought them. So I email him and I'm like, look. You're supposed to send me extra large green ones and you send me largest. And I said, and then I had to put it in a separate ticket with another picture where I held up one next to it. And you could see that it was that much shorter than the other ones. Yeah. I, I said, they're mismanufactured. They're like yeah. messed up. Defense. I can't wear these. Nobody yep. can wear these. And so first they're like, oh, well, we're, you know, the factory, you know, we don't have control. And I'm like, look, this is, these are wrong. Every other color's right. Something's wrong. So to yesterday, yesterday evening okay. at five thirty, they emailed me and said, "We're going to send you a shipping label. Send those back, and we have fulfilled your request or something like total not good English referral." And and I'm like, "Okay, oops, sorry." And so I'm like, "What the heck?" They showed up today. They overnighted them. New black shirts, the exact right size, extra larges, the right size, and I just have to wait to shipping labels to send the other ones back. Excellent. So, Excellent. So kudos to imprint.com. They fixed it immediately. It just took them a day. I was very impatient. That's awesome. Did they and fix the green ones too? Yeah. They sent me a box with 19 brand new black ones from a place in Orlando. So I think they use different companies throughout the U.S. Yeah to do like their printing and stuff, yeah. you know? So they, they, uh, they found a place in Orlando and the place in Orlando sent me the extra larges and they were proper. Nice. So I'm just going to send them those back. And, uh, yeah, so I've got everything all organized. I'm going to talk to that guy about getting them all screen printed. And, um, and then I just got to work on the laser. I did figure out the laser okay. and get it aligned. Okay. So that was not as big as uh, part of it was me like not putting it back exactly perfect because it really does have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And part of it was the camera, something with the camera. So I figured that all out. So I'm going to re-laser. Nice. Laser. I got the hats. I got every, I got our pink hats. A little surprise nice. for WorkbenchCon. Yeah, I got our pink hats. 
Nice. I got my my Brandon Bills hats, like the ones you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Got a black one, another gray one, and a blue one. Okay. And uh, we are going to have swag galore. Yeah, I've got so many hats now. I love it. That's awesome. Are you yeah. driving to WorkbenchCon or flying? No, we're going to fly. We're going to fly. Cool. The flights weren't weren't they nice. weren't too bad. Oh, and then not next week. I don't think, I mean, maybe it could be next week, either next week or the week after a friend of mine from New Jersey is going to come on the show. Okay. Uh, his name's Dennis Walker and uh, he'll be a guest and he basically does what we do. Like he does, he's in construction. He does like remodeling, but he also does like signs and epoxy and all Very that nice. stuff. And he's kind of getting into social media. He is going to come to work MitchCon. Nice. First he booked time. A ticket. Yeah, he booked. He didn't even know anything about it. He booked a ticket. He booked a flight. He's gonna buy stickers and shirts, and he's like really excited. And he can talk to anybody. He's a really nice guy. He'll do so, well there. Yeah, it'll be good. Um. So I have been in the shop this week, which has been fun, and uh, I'm I'm back in the shop for three weeks in a row. Uh, so this week and the next two, and then it's travel galore again. But um, updates for me. The elm slab table that I'm doing, I was able to float the epoxy around the crotch wood, and uh, today I actually feathered everything in, so it had all dried and leveled out, and then I feathered it out into the table. It looks awesome. It needs a little bit of buffing just to you know get some of the scrapes and scratches off, but uh, yeah, it looks fantastic. And once the the uh, deep deep penetrating epoxy goes on the rest of the table. It's going to look fantastic. So I still have to, there's a little bit of checking right where the, um, the center of the table is on both slabs. So okay. like what would be the center part of the table, right where mm -hmm. that was, unfortunately there was checking that when we book matched it, now it's on both sides. So I got to fill that with a little bit of black epoxy, but gotcha. that'll happen tomorrow. And outside of that, and then I can start doing the deep penetrating epoxy on the whole tabletop and everything should be uh, ready to go from there. Um, so are you, are you, so you, I get what you're doing. Like you got a dip and you fill it with epoxy. That's really smart. So the epoxy, so you're going to do what the deep penetrating epoxy yes. to like kind of seal it. And then you're going to do a flood coat over the whole thing. No, I am epoxy? actually going to do um, the deep penetrating epoxy. And then I'm going to put, a layer of um, Halcyon. Yes. Halcyon on there. Halcyon clear. A couple coats of that. And then from there, I'm actually going to do the ceramic coat on there. So you don't think you're going to see that epoxy in the middle? Uh, it's actually on one end of it. So you may see it, but the, the buyer knows that that's the case. Right. And uh, he was like, I don't think there's anything else we can do. Otherwise, we just have like a a weird, totally uneven end on one yeah. side of the table. So it's the best that we can do. And I'm going to try yeah. and buff it in a way that it, it blends in with the rest of the table and yeah. we'll make it work one way or the other. So uh, yeah. that's what's going on there. And then on the base, the original base that was incorrectly made, I sent back to Poland. It, uh, it got caught at Charles de Gaulle airport for almost a week. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it did get to them, and I confirmed the correct table base and the dimensions. Initially, they sent me the dimensions in centimeters, and they were like, isn't this what it is? And when I did the conversion, 
they had it as 300 centimeters by 300 or 300 inches by 300 inches as far as like the ends of the table. I was like, no, no, I realize you have like a, a zero at the end of everything where you don't need it. It would have been right. 500 inches long by 300 by 300. And I was like, that's a massive table. I'm not building yes. one that big. No. So uh, I was able to have them update that uh, so that they didn't build this absolutely massive table. And they said they would pound it out this week and hopefully get it chipped out. So mm, I'm hoping good. in the next week or two it'll be here uh, and the tabletop will be ready by the time it gets here. So Very good. So that's what's going on there. Uh, I got another request for some of the whiskey glass boxes. So I got to pound some of those out. And then outside of that, my wife has thrown a couple, I don't want to say quick projects, but she was like, hey, by the way, we're going to need a slimline table that goes behind our couch. And I wanted to have charging ports on it. We're going to need this. We're going to need Ooh. that. And all of a sudden it was like seven more projects. And I'm like, okay, I guess that'll, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like that. I like the slim line with the ports, So that's fantastic. Yeah. So basically right now our couch sits underneath the window and it completely covers up all of the charging outlets. And if you want to charge anything, because our couch is a sectional, it it's it's a pain you got to move one whole section to try and get to it and it it messes up the seating for everybody else so this will just make it easier it'll bring all of it out like six inches right and yeah that'll be it so that's cool and uh so yeah that's the that's the big stuff at the moment i still have the spalted maple table to finish up whenever there's some downtime hopefully and uh in all honesty, just kind of prepping for the travel and for WorkbenchCon. Yeah, I'm super excited. We we, we talk about it almost every day now. Yeah. I think I'll feel a lot more comfortable this year. You know, it was very odd oh, last yeah. year. And now I know people, you know, some people. So it's just different. It'll be better. True story. We've had all our guests on. It'll be a lot There's of a lot of people to talk to. And on that note, one of the things that I wanted to see, you've done a great job, and we've even asked you some of the quick fire trivia. Yes. Can I do some of the quick fire trivia? You you want to do you want me to ask you or you yeah. ask me? Oh yeah. yeah, I yeah, I've got it. Here, let's see here. I want to see how many I can answer in the three oh, minutes. I'll pick okay, we'll pick short ones then. We won't pick the, the hard ones. I mean ones. you can as as long as they're I don't well, want to say yes like, or no. I feel like you gave me easy ones. Um you know i'm i'm totally open for this and it was more that we've done this a little bit with you we've done it with a lot of our guests and i kind of feel like i'm your guest today jess yeah i kind of feel like i'm your guest all right so let's see here do you want i will let you pick sir all right, we're just going to do these 30 because I, I think these are really good. Okay. And I've got, here, I'll tell you what. I'll open up another one just in case you go crazy. Hmm. So let me know when you want me to start the timer. Okay. Uh, where did it go? I've got... Learning about Ross. Learning about Ross. These are good ones. Uh, that was the first ones. Oh, here we go. All right. You ready? I'm ready when you are. Clock will start <clears throat> in three, two, one, go. 
If you could only eat one fruit for the rest of your life, what would it be? Grapes. What uh, would you rather have fingers as long as your legs or legs as long as your fingers? Uh, legs as long as my fingers. If animals could talk, which would be the rudest? Pigeons. Yeah. Toilet paper over or under? Over, of course. If you were a ghost, who would you haunt first? Uh, my brother. Oh, yes. Pancakes or waffles? I'm a pancake guy. Okay. What's the weirdest smell you actually enjoy? Dusty farts. Okay. If you had to be one age forever, what age would you choose? 27 was a great year. Yeah, yeah. That's about me, too. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Teleportation. Oh, that's a good one. What's the most useless talent you have? Uh, I am... I can whistle both by inhaling and exhaling, and most okay. people cannot. Okay, that's good. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? 100 duck-sized horses. Oh, God. What's the best type of cheese? Smoked Gouda. Oh, that is good. If you could only use one emoji for the rest of your life, which would it be? I don't use any emojis. Um, applause? I don't know. Okay, that's a good one. If you were a vegetable, what vegetable would you be? Stephen Hawking. No. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Come on, you're getting hung up. Broccoli. If you could have dinner with any fictional character, who would it be? Uh, Batman. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? The Garbage Pail Kids. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be? Whiskey sounds fun. Okay, which fictional world would you like to live in? Uh, Tomorrowland. Okay, if you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be um elephant tracks okay if you could have mythical creature as a pet what would you choose a liger obviously oh yeah would you rather be able to speak all foreign languages or talk to animals all foreign languages what's the most ridiculous fact you know polar bears scream when they poop yeah socks with sandals no god no Okay. Uh, if you could travel, if you could time travel, where or when would you go? 1940s. Would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos? Unlimited tacos. What's your favorite bad joke? A blind guy walks into a bar and a table and a couch. <laughs> if you were a pizza topping. That was it. Well, that was oh, time. 26. You almost beat me. Hmm. I'll give you a couple hard ones in there. Very good. So we did learn a lot about you, huh? Smoked yeah. Gouda. Okay, so I have a story about smoked Gouda. Okay. When I was a kid, there was this place that my dad would only, you know, we weren't like real fancy, like go out to like big expensive places to eat. I mean, we yeah. did sometimes on special occasions, but yeah, we went, there was this place in a resort. It was called the Fiddler's Green. And it was like world renowned, like chef, like the guy was like two yeah. Michelin, two or three Michelin star. Like it was really nice. And on Sunday around Easter, they would do a brunch. And it was like the only time it was kind of like a buffet, I guess you would say. Yeah. And they had salads and omelets and everything, you know. And he loved to go. And I went and he let me go. And they had smoked Gouda, which I had never had. Okay. And no, they had smoked. Yeah, smoked Gouda. 
I took one bite of that and I'm like, get out of here. I probably ate three pounds of that smoked Gouda <laughs> as a little kid until and I, and that's all I got. Days. Oh, probably not. I don't remember that part, but I'm, it was <laughs> so good and I still love it. I still oh, love smoked awesome. cheddar and smoked Gouda. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <sighs> Very well, Jess, good. Do you want to dive into a little bit of wood of the week? Sure. Sure. This week's wood of the week. Yeah, let's do it. Wow. 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 All right. So, um, this week I thought I would do things a little different. Okay. Because of course we talk about wood, but we also are humans and we live in this world. We do. So there's a little bit of a theme here between the trivia coming up and the wood of the week. Okay. Uh, this week's wood of the week isn't a wood. But it's something that happens to wood. And you when a know man what and a woman is. love each and other the, very much. And the birds and the bees, mm-hmm. it's called pecky. Okay. Right? You yep. know what that is. I right? do. So pecky wood, it's uh it refers to a distinctive type of wood characterized by an irregular pattern of cavities or grooves, giving it very textured and rustic appearance. Uh, it's most commonly found in Cyprus, but it can incur in anything, hmm. technically. So what happens if – I don't know if you've ever seen – some people have seen Pecky. What's interesting is is that like it depends on how you cut it, right? Because <clears throat> technically there's like little wormholes going from end to end. Yes. Like little cavities. But when they slice it, then it looks like, like uh, elongated holes, right? Yeah. So it just depends on how you've seen it. Um, and once they harvest it, so what, what's happening is there's a fungus that gets in it. Mm-hmm. And the fungus eats the wood and it rots the wood. And then soon as, but soon as they cut it down, especially after they dry it, it kills the fungus. But the interesting thing about it is, is the wood overall still keeps its strength. Okay. Right? So basically it's like a deformity. Or it's like a, a, a byproduct, this pecky cypress. Um, I also found something that's really popular. It's called um, – some people in other countries, they'll call it wormy, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, hickory, pecan, the pecky figure is generally in the form of spots that look as though they have been caused by birds pecking at the tree. In birchwood, it's not called pecky. It's called cor- – Corellian or Masur. Okay. Uh, and is like in a burl form. Corellian actually refers to a region between Finland and Russia. Hmm. And I've never seen it. I've never seen European Masur birch, but it almost looks like cork and it's spalted. That's awesome looking. It's crazy looking. Um, and then the same thing with the other. Basically, it looks like wood that has had like cancer or something like that. Huh. So. I thought that it was very um, interesting to know about it. And what was the other thing I was going to say? You were talking about wormy wood, but so, you can't just walk around in, in different parts of the world asking to see people's wormy wood. Right. So I guess the point of it all is this fungal decay that eats away at the wood becomes something that's prized. Because really? it's so, it's yeah. I mean, pecky cypress is expensive. It's very fragile. It's hard to work with. But um, I saw. I I used to do like plastering a long time ago when we were working on this house. 
It's a very, very big, beautiful. And everything in the house was as high end as you can buy. And it, I believe from rumors that it was some somebody that had something to do with Aflac. But Aflac. Uh, yeah, this is like their vacation house. But in the in the kitchen, very, very large, beautiful kitchen, in the ceiling, they did an octagonal domed coffered ceiling. That's a lot of work. <laughs> and it's the only way I know how to Just describe to say it. it. Yeah. And it's like a dome, but it was they were octagons, but it was coffered, you know, with like the big yeah. the big beams. And they made the trim and all the wood right on site out of pecky beams. They had the pecky beams brought in. They sliced them. That was just that. The ceiling, the wood alone on the, the ceiling. The, the coffering, did they, the trim work, did they make that out of pecky? Right. So he had, yeah. So he, Jesus. they would pick pieces. It wasn't very fancy trim, obviously. You couldn't do like a cove on yeah. a piece of pecky in a router, but they made like all these little pieces of trim and they would pick you know, bits that would survive and cool. the wood alone for the ceiling cost $40,000. Now you got to imagine that's 20, probably over 20 years ago. So now that's probably like a 75, $80,000 yeah, ceiling. Right. It's so pretty. It was so beautiful. And the men that worked on that job were the best. They did such beautiful work. Um, they made some cabinets and stuff with like little bits of trim and stuff that were pecky throughout the house. And, Actually, had a wine cellar in Florida. If you can believe that. I actually have a question for you with regards to uh, fungal attacks of trees. I ended up with a boatload, and I'm talking like nine trees worth of like 50 foot tall red oak back in uh, like a year or two ago. And that was what I ended up making the, it was actually the customer who I made the poker table for a while ago. Okay. And um, the reason all these trees had to come down is they were diseased. And when we milled them up, the initial ones, the, I mean, they were literally like a month or two from being cut down. Yeah. I milled them and I was just air drying them in my shop. And I had fans blowing on them and everything. And okay. within six months, they were dry enough. But that first week or two, the humidity in my shop was just through the roof. Sure. But there was a, there are streaks, almost like when you see a nail or like yes. a, an iron ore stake that has gone into a tree. Yes. And it kind of seeps through the tree. Yes. And it's like that greenish black staining. Yes. But it happened throughout almost the entire tree going up and down the veins. Yes. And then the the fungus that came from that ended up being almost like a bright, like big bird color. Um, really? Like fungus kind of growing on it and mold growing from that. And like I had to spray everything stuff. down with bleach and, and yeah. to kill it all. But uh, if I'd be curious to see if you can look up what that that kind of greenish black staining is. It doesn't have to be right now, but for a future um, word of the week, well, I'd be I curious. Mean, yeah, I mean, all the trees, you know, they've got bugs going on. Yeah. They've got animals going on. They've got things in the soil, and they yeah. get a lot of different types of, of strains of fungus and bacteria and stuff like that in them. Um, just, you know, it's interesting to me, though. I'm sure that it's not the same fungus that eats away a pecky tree. 
uh, a cypress tree as it is an oak tree, right? It's something else, yeah. but whatever it is, these fungus will, will consume the wood in the tree. So it started me thinking, what are some other types of things that are like imperfections in woods that you can think of? This isn't trivia that you can think of that some people, well, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, spalting is the first one that I think of. Sure. Spalting is same thing, black, gray, or brown spalted and it's, and it's technically the wood starting to rot. It's yes. like it's gonna rot, but they stop. They catch it at that point before it does, and it creates all those cool like black lines. And stuff. Yeah, I but love. But it is knots. very soft. Yes, it is very soft because it is about to start to rot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I love knots. I've always loved knots in trees. Like the reason I thought of Pecky today is because this maple, one of the boards had this huge knot, like like three inches, and I filled it with epoxy, and I'm like, that's beautiful. Like, this is perfect, and I feel bad because I should have put it on the top of the table, but I didn't. Hmm. So, um, The other ones are, are burls. Burls are technically like yes. a cancerous growth. That is correct. And they are beautiful when you cut them, like, lengthwise so that it's almost like a cookie, if you will. Yeah. They give off some of the most beautiful textures and colors and and yeah. and figuring. Yes, Burls are, are probably the most beautiful thing within like, like not on purpose parts of trees. Cause it's, it's a tumor. Are what it is quilting and, or, um, like bird's eye figuring. Are those yes. seen as defects or are those well, seen I mean, as technically it is right. Bird's yeah, eye, I guess. burls. They're also like, it's, it's just, it's actually the tree is deformed. It's not, it's not the way it's supposed to be, right? And so have that's they figured what caused, out like, what what gives the the difference in texture, though? No, I know I couldn't find. It. They just say it naturally occurring. That's all they okay. say. Okay. Um. They, and so the bird's eyes with like the swirling eyes. Um. In oak, you get ray fleck. Mm-hmm. Right. So when it's quarter sawn, ray uh, fleck. Like, he was a guy in Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. Uh, the but the rays are like reflective, like like minerals almost, like mica in the in the wood. Wow. So uh, I've seen it. It's on quarter sawn. You know, it's like those ribbon like patterns. It's part of the yeah. medullary rays that are in oak. And then me, like people don't like. So today I was telling you about how this guy said something rude about my furniture, and I like the the like walnut the sapwood and then the and then the heartwood you get that mm-hmm. light dark so heartwood and sapwood contrast is really quite beautiful but i guess some people feel like uh the heartwood is on the only part you're supposed to use like when you buy black walnut plywood it's mm-hmm. very straight very uh, doesn't have any character you know how not much, as much of it is veneered versus actual walnut all the way through i don't know i don't i've never seen I've never seen walnut. It's always a, some type of very thin veneer that's always roll cut. I've never seen like really good. So really even good. when I've seen super high end, um, uh, quarter sawn maple or quarter sawn white oak plywood, it is always basically Baltic birch yes. with a super thin veneer on top. Yes, but that veneer takes it from. $80 a sheet to $150 a sheet. Oh, yeah, at least. 
Yeah, they wanted uh, 175, I think, or 150 for Walnut, and then you had like one good good side, and then one side that was like B grade or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's how they do all those. I I will say that um, some of that plywood that I'm buying now, like the higher grade stuff, yeah, is ultra light. I can really? tell it's got poplar in the middle, like that dragon ply. I buy oh, the double sided yeah. pre finished. It's got like poplar in the middle. And there's some fiberglass in there, I think, to make it stronger. Hmm. Um, it's really good stuff, but it's like 100 bucks a sheet for the double-sided pre-finished maple hmm. or birch. But anyway, okay. I just thought it was interesting. You know, there's I worked on a building one time, and they bid bricks, and they yeah. were ugly, stinking bricks. They were called Chicago-style bricks, as a matter of fact. And they were recycled bricks that they had taken from another building, and they put them on this building, and they were twice as much as regular bricks, at mm-hmm. least, for these bricks. So, you know, I guess it's all a matter of perspective. What so, you think is beautiful. Fun and- story for you with regard to bricks. Uh, if anybody is ever in New York or Baltimore or Boston in particular, um, those three cities were some of, and Charleston has a little bit, but it's mostly those northern cities. As those were some of the main shipping ports when the country was first being established as colonies way back when. Uh, a lot of ships would come over from England before the slave trade. Uh, They would come over from England and they had no cargo with them, but they had to be able to sit further down in the water so that they wouldn't tip over and get thrown around during the transit. And then they would get here or get here to the States and then they would fill up with cargo and go back. But on the way here, they would bring something called ballast bricks. And ballast bricks are literally what they sound like. They are bricks that were put in the bottom of ships to weigh it down enough so that it sat far enough down to ride smoothly in the water. And when they right. would get to some of these ports, they would unload all these bricks. And they were like, what do we do with all these things once now that they're just stacked up? And so if you go into lower Manhattan or the port areas around Boston and Baltimore, most of the bricks that are paving the streets and no the way. cobblestones are all that you can see ballast bricks and they're still listed as that from way That's back when. So cool. Yeah. Are you there Colton? I don't know. Yeah, we can kind of see him, but uh, Colton, if you can hear us, feel free to join in. We are about to join in on some trivia. Jess, are you ready to try some trivia today? We yes. can hear you now. Welcome we back, sir. <laughs> Just in time. Oh, we missed you. Oh, well. Yeah, we're going in and out. <laughs> well, we're going to start the trivia, and if you can play along, Colton, feel free to play along. <laughs> Better get on out that knowledge, because it's trivia time. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, so can you hear me, Colton? All right. So this week's trivia is not about wood. It's not. It is not about wood. Well, there is one question about wood, I think. Okay. This week's trivia is about natural things that are technically um, deformities. Occlusions, if you will. It could be. Yeah, it could be a lot of different things. Okay. Um, Things that aren't uh, a constant shape, 
Um, That's me. Just, just odd things that happen in nature uh, that are beautiful. Okay. okay. That's me. All right. And, and there is one wood question in here. And I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure you're going to get, I'm pretty sure you're going to get all of these. Okay. All right. Let's now try I can out. answer some of them too, but I already know the answer. So, okay. all right. So question number one, what natural formation is created by mineral deposits in caves often admired for its unique shapes? Is Are we it- talking, hold on. Are we talking coming from the ceiling or the floor? The ceiling. Is uh, it? Those are stalactites. That is correct. Stalactites. Stalactites yeah. are a deposit of minerals from water drifting through the cave ceilings. Each formation is unique. Uh, Stalagmites you know, are the ones that grow from, from the floor. The, right. There was a cave in Mariana Caverns, which is really close to Panama City where I lived, and I went to it a couple times. It's very cold down in there, which is very neat. Mm-hmm. Um and the Indians, the American Indians used to live right like in the first like, you know, 50 feet at the top, but it's so dark in the bottom you can't see. But anyway, yeah. there is a stalagmite and a stalactite directly above it, and they called it the Rock of Many Names because you would trip on it and hit your head on it. And then anyway, you can <laughs> give it another name. All right, so which – question number two. Which natural process in trees can create unique decorative patterns used in woodworking? Is it pruning, spalting, grafting, or pollarding? I don't know what pollarding is. Kind of want to find out, but the answer is spalting. <laughs> that is correct. Spalting. Like a black fungus, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, it is It is sought after. All right. Question number three. Which of these is prized in perfection in Japanese ceramics? Is it cracked glazed, uneven coloring, brittle texture, or smooth texture? Cracked glaze. That is correct. Cracked glaze in Japanese ceramics, especially seen in Raku pottery, is considered beautiful and adds unique character. Hmm. All right, question number four. What is the term for the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery with gold, which is really gorgeous, I've seen that, celebrating the beauty of imperfection? Is it uh, Aikibana, Kintsugi, or... Sumi-e. Kintsugi. <laughs> that is correct. Kintsugi oh, is the hey. art of fixing vocal pottery with lacquer mixed with powdered gold, silver, or platinum, emphasizing the breaks as part of the object's history. Well, that's fun. Yeah, I've, I saw some of that, interestingly enough, just the other day. All right. In photography, what effect, often considered a flaw, is sometimes used intentionally for a dreamy aesthetic? Is it overexposure, yes. blurring, red eye, or underexposure? Please pick the answer that most correctly answers. So hold on. Overexposure can do it, but if we're talking uh, blurring, a can give a dreamy aesthetic. Of, I'm going to go with blurring then. Yes, blurring in photography is used when used deliberately can create a sense of movement, softness, or dreamlike quality. But so can overexposure yeah. depending on the movement. It's yeah, more I, of like ghosts. Yeah, kind yeah, of an yeah, effect. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. All right. Question number six. Uh, also one you will get. What is the name <laughs> of the effect where broken or irregular patterns in marble or granite are celebrated for their artistic appeal? 
Is it mosaic, veining, yes. ch chipping, or terrazzo? Mosaic is small pieces of tile made into pictures. Veining is the veins, obviously, in the marble. Yes. Uh, I don't know what chipping is. And what was the last one? Terrazzo. Terrazzo. That sounds like a type of marble rather than anything else. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with mosaic. That is incorrect. It oh, is the, no! The, the veining in marble or granite creates unique patterns and adds natural beauty to the stone, making each slab one of a kind. All right. Question number seven. What type of gemstone is valued for its unique internal characteristics known as inclusions? Is it a diamond, ruby, sapphire, or emerald? Diamonds are the ones with inclusions. That is correct. The inclusions right. have unique in internal characteristics that can enhance the stone's individuality and sometimes even its brilliance. I only right. knew that because of the research, because I'm similar to you, Jess. If I'm going to learn about something, I'm going to learn everything about it. And mm -hmm. I deep dive. And when yeah. I went to buy my wife's engagement ring and then wedding rings, I learned more about diamonds than I ever thought I really needed to know. Yes. But, the, yeah. uh, my whole family, oddly enough, uh, except for my father, all of his brothers were jewelers. And really? they, yeah, and my a bunch of my cousins too. They're really into it. So, hmm. all right, question number eight. Well, chill. You will you will know this one, I think. In music, what is the term for a note that is intentionally sung slightly off pitch for expressive effect? Is it vibrato, staccato, falsetto, or blue note? Well, vibrato is the vibration of your voice around the note. Um, staccato is how sharp that's that's how sharply you sing the note. It is not the sharpness of the key. It is a quick attack, get in, get out. Um, what were the other two? Blue note and what else? Falsetto. Falsetto is just your head voice. So I'm going to go with a blue note. That is correct. A blue note... <laughs> a blue note is a note that is sung or played in slightly lower pitch than standard for expressive purposes, characteristic of blues and jazz music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, two more. You're doing amazing. Uh, which natural phenomenon, often considered a defect in stones, phenomenon. is actually sought after in opal gemstones? Oh. All right. Is it cracks, fractures, play of color, or hardness? Play of color. That is correct. If you've play ever done color. any traveling out to uh, the southwest of this country, Oh, yeah. They love them some opal jewelry. Yes, they, my dad had an opal bola. Bolo. Bola? Hmm. Bolo. Bolo, yeah. Uh, play of color in opals is caused by internal fractures that diffract light, showcasing a spectrum of colors. Okay. Um, you actually want that in opals. All right, last yes. question. What feature in leather – this is kind of a gimme. What, nat, what feature in leather goods is often seen as a mark of quality showing that it is genuine leather? Is it uniform color, smooth texture, or natural markings? 
Natural markings. Natural markings on leather like scars, wrinkles, or slight color variations indicate that the leather is genuine and add to its character and uniqueness. Very good. I got one wrong. You got one wrong. You overthought it. I did. I did. You overthought it. You overthought it. Very good. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, I am... I uh, I wish that Colton was here. He tried yeah. very, very hard. Now, he did. He's been trying literally for the entire uh, almost hour that we've been on here trying to get onto this podcast and talk to everybody. He had all kinds of fun things to say about coconuts and ironwood and barracuda fish and Mennonites. And um, oh, he was going to tell us all kinds of things about it. So we'll have to wait till next week. But um, I will hold the whiskey of the week for then because obviously that's that's something that Colton enjoys being able to do. So I want my him to be part. able to partake in that. It, it, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's up there in my favorite parts. But I'm going to do something different because I don't want to, you know, shortchange <laughs> the show as far as segments. So okay. this is for you, Jess. Okay. Last year, all of us were first-timers at WorkbenchCon. Yes. Okay. It is now, as we discussed earlier in this episode, a month out, and we're all very excited. Um, A lot is coming up, a lot to do between now and then. So if you could say the top three to five things for somebody who is on their first trip, coming to WorkbenchCon, they're excited to come, what should they do or don't do or bring or don't ding like what top five hacks if you will for workbench con for work so if you're going if you're going if you're going i would say number one don't forget your stickers and have a lot of them and don't have small ones because i had small ones that one year and i and they they're just like you need like a good size. This year I've got good size stickers. Stickers and, and for for those listening more so than I would say almost anything else, stickers are the one thing that gets traded whenever you meet somebody. You oh, run that's into the first them thing you do. and you yeah, you trade stickers. So Yeah, it's like a conversation yeah. starter. Like, "Oh, where yeah. are you from?" and this and that, and everybody's all about it. Um and if, you know, I would I would have your shirt like if you could get, even if you just have shirts for yourself or a hat yes. or something that's got your, if you're trying to, you know, do the social media, you know, trying to get bigger or whatever, I, I will say, um, we will have shirts this year. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, I don't know. I think my shirts could have been better, but we've changed the logo since then. Anyway, next, uh, one, I would say, be prepared to not sleep. Mm-hmm. So like maybe bring your own pillow or your own blanket. If you're one of those people, I'm a, my own pillow kind of guy. Like I have to have my, my particular way of sleeping. Cause I can't. Okay. So like you, when you do go to go sleep, like seriously, um, seriously get the real, like really good sleep. Next thing. Two I and would three say, in the morning. Well, hold on on that note. Two and three in the morning is not an abnormal time to no. go to sleep at WorkbenchCon. Now, Jess is Jess is not somebody that partakes in in the whiskeys or the alcohols. 
But uh, for those that do, there's literally people in the lobby until at least two or three in the morning every night drinking, uh, conversating. Yes. And it is, it is one of the best ways, even if you don't drink, you can have your seltzer waters or whatever you can meet and hang out with the, the who's who, if you will, of, uh, the woodworking social media world. Yeah. And you can really, it's a good opportunity. Yeah. Everybody's so much more approachable than you think if you can get them in a good moment, you know, when they're not busy talking to other people, um, because they, they are just people. They're just normal. Mm-hmm. They're not celebrities. They're just people. Yeah, they Correct. have to, you know, some of the bigger ones, they have to deal with a lot of like all kind of stuff. And so they've kind of become numb to some of it, I feel like. But mm-hmm. most of them, you can sit and talk to them like, you know, how do you do this? Like if you saw something, like, how do you do this? What, why, you know, how did you get this or what, what did this or whatever? Um, Don't be nervous. You know, everybody kind of wants to talk there. Um. Next one. So what am I at? That's three. So uh, that was number two. No, that was, was it? Yeah. Bring your, bring Is number three, pillow. go up and talk to everybody. Yes. Go up and okay. Talk to so then that was three. Then don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. But number four, um, you, you cannot drink enough water. You cannot drink enough. Water. I was going to say, um, try to get a early, try to get there early. So that you can like go to the store and especially if you're on a budget, which a lot of us are and like get an Uber if you didn't drive there and go to like a store and get sodas and water and whatever alcohol you're going to drink and whatever and bring it back to the room. It will save you so much money. Just do that Mm -hmm. because eating at the, there's not really any, there's a few restaurants that are close that aren't too expensive, but eating in the restaurant itself is pretty expensive. So do that. And then, I don't know, what's another one that you can think uh, of? So the, the other thing I was actually going to say is uh, try and get your hands dirty. The one thing most people I learned at WorkbenchCon uh, did or did not do was that a lot of people would go to all these different classes and just try and write everything down, but they didn't try and put anything into practicum in that there are vendors and suppliers who were there as sponsors of the event. And last year, one of my favorite things that happened out of the entire weekend, I met amazing people, but like building the timber frame that held the gong, that was the closing yeah. ceremony piece to me was one of the coolest things yeah. to get to work on a piece that, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people worked on uh, the entire week and being there to help kind of pull everything together at the end. It was, it was a camaraderie thing. So get your hands dirty, try out some tools and the sponsors who were there, I didn't take advantage of it enough last year. I'm definitely going to do some more this year. Walk up and talk to the different sponsors, talk to them and say, listen, I have this issue I'm trying to work through, or how would you recommend using your product for this thing that I'm building? The amount of education you can get just from those conversations is literally priceless. Yeah. And you can do the same thing with some of the other makers and builders who are some of the, the big wigs out there if, as far as content notoriety. But 
Uh, it's definitely an opportunity that I would recommend taking advantage of. There are so many assets all jammed into a four-day weekend, and some of them are only there for two days. Okay. Take advantage of all the people and the knowledge and the opportunities that are there. Even if you're nervous, literally just walk up and, like, I remember meeting uh, Nick from Birch Toll Design, uh, who he's referred to as Titty Nick. That's how most people know him. Yeah. Um, he was wearing a Cubs hat and I literally walked up and I was like, Hey, I'm going to shake a fellow Cubs fans hand. And that's how it started the conversation. And we still talk now. We still hang out now. Uh, Colton, I walked up and I was like, you have a savory mullet, sir. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> and here true. we are almost a year later with a podcast. You and I, we sat at a table at breakfast one day and I was like, Hey, who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? That kind of thing. Yeah. And we started talking and we're like, Hey, this guy knows some stuff. Hey, this guy's got a decent shop. I should talk to him some more. And then we saw each other in a bunch of different classes. And obviously here we are like the, the amount of connections and opportunities that are there are totally up to you. But what you don't want to do is pay the amount of money that it costs to go to WorkbenchCon and just be a wallflower. Take advantage of it. Yeah, it is. It's a little, you know, it can be intimidating. I will be the it first to admit. Very, it is very intimidating. I mean, you're less intimidatable than me because you're used to talking to the public, but uh, I'm less intimidatable now. Um, and I think that I'm really excited that my wife is going to be a part of it this year. Oh, I did have one other tidbit. I would say look at the schedule and pick the classes. That you're like, you know, I really think I can get something out of this. And get to it early because there was a couple times I went to classes and it was already full. So yeah. you you got to kind of like plan your day out a little bit. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of different vendors there with like stuff and they'll let you use it. Like you can try yes. it out. Like maybe you're thinking about getting a CNC or maybe you're thinking about buying some of those. Uh, what's that company that makes the the discs for carving? Um, oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. But um, they, they have a thing where you can literally grind wood in in the hotel. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, in the lobby. Yeah. So it's it's there's a like Craig was there. There's a lot of different people there. I talked to the guy from Phantom a while. Oh, and hack, if you drive there on the last mm -hmm. day, the vendors don't take most of that stuff home. They flew there, had it shipped there. So if you mm -hmm. want free tools, just be hanging out. And they will give you Craig, all of them. They don't fly that because those most of all those people flew there. They had that stuff shipped there. They don't take it home. So they're going to give it to somebody. That is so. the other hack. Make sure to have extra space in your bag. Yes. When you check in, you get stuff. When you trade stickers, you get stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. When, you, you when people leave, you get stuff. You get a ton of stuff at this event. Yep. Make sure you leave room in your bag. So literally almost like, bring twice the size of a bag that you think you need to be able to take some stuff home. Yeah. So it's true. That's true. I'm going to make sure I bring actually probably bring an extra bag this time. So there you go. Yeah. That's even a better idea. Pack a small duffel. Um, there you go. Into your other bag, roll it up and then you can yeah. put all the stuff into the duffel. So, well, um, I will, I'm going to bring so, a few extra shirts and hats and give them out while we're there. I don't know to who yet, but we've got we'll a few to out. give out. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, final thing before we, we kind of do the send off, 
do you have a nugget for this week? Obviously, we just gave out some some great nuggets for the upcoming WorkbenchCon, but do you have any weekly nuggets? Do if I not, have I have one I can share. Uh, I, I thought of one earlier today, but I don't remember what it is. What I will say is mock-up. Mock-up, mock-up, mock-up. If it's yes. something that you have never done or... You know, I'm really good with size in my head, but sometimes, I mean, still like that table today, like if I hadn't have drawn that, I would have glued up completely the wrong thing, right? I would yeah. have glued it up all staggered and, that would have and cost stuff. thousands. Oh, yeah. This is a pain or at least in the hundreds. Butt. Yeah. It's just, yeah, no. So always mock up stuff. Like if you're going to do a built in, thinking mock it up in your shop and like if you've yeah. got the space and put it together and make sure it all fits. And because you just can't think of everything on paper. Um, yep. Yeah. Always, always just take a minute to try things first. So my nugget for this week is one that's probably a no brainer to most people, but to those that are earlier in the woodworking journey, this is one I would recommend, especially if you are doing uh, furniture flips and furniture repairs and refinishing. A lot of times you have to repair uh, joints and you can't get the entire joint apart. You just get a crack or something that you have to try and get some glue in there and then squeeze a clamp in right. uh, or squeeze the thing in a clamp. If you were to look at it where you put glue on the top of the joint, if you take a vacuum, your shop back, and put it this. on the, the bottom side of the joint, mm. it, it pulls some of the glue sure. down that joint just just for a second or two it literally pulls some to the other parts of the joint and then you close it up and you have a more uh deeply penetrated glue joint that's what she rather said. than just exactly rather than just having it on the top side huh. you have glue all the way around and it's super simple to literally just put your vacuum on the underside of the joint yeah. and go Woo! well and I there you go well, that place I used to work, we used to have to fix, I had to fix old dovetail drawers like all yeah. the time. And it wasn't because the dovetail had even broke. It's just because the glue um, was a hundred plus years out. old. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Right. So, um, that would have been, but you couldn't pull it apart. You'd break the doves on it. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. A, a vacuum. I will remember that. I did not know that. Yeah. I actually, I had to do a repair today. A buddy of mine was trying to repair some stools for his grandmother who was told she needs to elevate her feet more. And she has some old antique stools that are just kind of rickety. And so he brought them over and he was like, what can we do here? And we pried apart the, the joints a little bit, put some glue on there. And I pulled out the vacuum. He was like, oh, my God, I've never seen that. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Where did you I learn that? Was, that? Uh it's literally been probably eight to 10 years ago that I learned it from somewhere. And you, I don't remember maybe, where you know, it was you somewhere on YouTube. Oh, no, okay. it was somewhere like, uh, like Jay Bates or one of the, the OG guys on YouTube. But, um, I think I take it for granted that I've known it for so long. So yeah. try using a vacuum to pull the glue through the entire joint and then I close mean, it back that's, up. That's genius. I mean, that even works. Like, have you ever glued up a tabletop and you get done and then there was just like this hidden crack in the middle yep. of one of the boards? Not even where mm-hmm. you glued it, like actually in the board and you can't get any glue in it. 
But it literally goes all the way through. If you had a vacuum, that would work perfect. Exactly. And that is good stuff right there. There you go. That is good stuff. Awesome. Uh, well, Jess, obviously, being that we were short a member today, Colton was trying his damnedest, and I give him credit for that. So, Colton, I hope you are enjoying the jungles of Belize. Uh, when we saw you, it looked like you were sweating like you were sitting in church. <laughs> but um, you said you were enjoying yourself. So we, we hope he it's was, a fun trip. He had a, he had a smile for the little glimpse we got of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was drinking out of a Jess coconut. Did, he was. Do you have yeah. anything else you want to share, Jess? No, no. Uh, I'm, I'm just excited uh, for the next few weeks. I'm excited for WorkbenchCon. I, I, I'm, I hope it's all that I'm, I'm hoping that it will be. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. And for all of you listeners out there, uh, we hope to see you guys there. We will be handing out stickers. We will have swag. Uh, we hope to shake hands and conversate with every one of you. But in the meantime, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And thank you very much for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our Golden Age legal representation at Pumpin, Grutton, and Aiken, where their motto is, our courtroom victories are just like our bowel movements, irregular and painful, but worth it in the end. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast, and we will catch you all next time. See ya. 